0: that Thanksgiving we want to be grateful for our Savior and we want to be thankful for the blood that he shared for us on Calvary and he was born and he rose again and we're just grateful because without that we wouldn't have the grace and the mercy that is needed for us to enter to his rest God sent his son
1: AKVV, radio station, Pleasant Sabbath, and also to those who are joining us for the first time, we hope that you would continue to worship with us here at the Abundant Life Seventh Day Adventist Church. To also our, our regular online viewers who are watching us live at this time, we, we are so excited to have you and we hope this visit may not be the last. Our speaker today is our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin B. Rock. He has been with us for some time now and has been our chief spiritual leader, and we appreciate his ministry here. Before he comes to us, we will have a sacred selection from our dear brother, Ryan Johnson, And then we will hear our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin B. Rock, hear ye him.
2: full And great is thy faithfulness, morning about. and great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see
3: those who do not know Brother Ryan Johnson is the husband of our own Anissa who is our upper grades homeroom teacher and if it were not for him O.C. would be counting to eight (laughs) and not ten I understand we have Elder Pennick's children here They've grown up so fast and so big, I didn't know them. Stand up, turn around, and face your home church. These are the children who were here some years ago. Give them a hearty amen. Amen. The children of Elder William Penny. Please give your parents our best regards. We love them and wish them continued Godspeed. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, saints? You, you, you appear to have had such. You look healthy and well. I am um, missing our Samoan friends. Some of you may know that our Samoan congregation has fairly well dispersed. Pastor Jacob is now at the seminary studying, and that's good, but when he left, or about that same time, many of those who were worshiping with us and... He is their leader, have uh, also moved to other places. You'll also notice that our Spanish contingent, we have some who are still with us, of course, in this service, but most of our Hispanic membership is worshiping across the street in the house. Um, They have told me, Pastor, we thank you for those earphones, but we would like to hear the gospel in espanol. So uh, we've opened the doors over there and we miss them as well, but they'll be with us um, in our communion services and otherwise. And again, to all of our visitors and to all of our members, may God continue to give us all a blessed Thanksgiving season. Many of our members are away visiting, even as we have visitors here. Today we have many of our members who are away and we're praying for them. But for our message today, I'd like to dig into, to delve into a scripture and a thought that I submit is particularly appropriate for the occasion, for the season, for the weekend, And this is Psalm chapter 67, Psalm the 67th division. And I'd like for you to read with me verses 1 to 5. And I guess if I had to title this message, it would simply be thanks to the judge. Thanks to the judge. Psalm 67, verses 1 to 5. And we read. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. May I emphasize the latter part of verse 4? For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the people, all the nations on earth. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we open the word now, very aware that only the Holy Spirit's presence will make this conversation effective, and we want it to be, for we need the truth, we need the inspiration and encouragement that is here found. So, according to your grace and mercy, bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. And as I get into the introduction, I want to remind Brother Beeman, are you here, Brother Lawrence? Still with us? Our guest on Thanksgiving Day, perhaps um, he's no longer in the congregation, but I want you to meet him as well. But let's look now, Psalm 67 verses 1 to 5 is one of those Psalm 67, 1 to 5 is one of those many places in his book in the beautiful book of Psalms read from in our scriptures so well led by Pastor Lee Wars that contains the psalmist's view of God as the great judge of the universe. There are numerous reasons for David's thanksgiving. And when we read the Psalms, we hear him praising and thanking God over and over again. But there is no more prominent, more frequently, more forcefully expressed idea of thanks than David's overwhelming, reoccurring appreciation for God's judgments or his justice, as we have just read. Psalm 19.9 records the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalm 96.13 reads, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with truth. Psalm 119, 164, and I like this one. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. It is clear from these and numerous other such scriptures that David's overarching, overwhelming, all absorbing picture of God is that of a judge ruling the universe, rendering verdicts upon the nations and upon his people Israel and upon his enemies, God's enemies, as well as David's enemies, and upon his life in general, first as a shepherd boy. Then as heir apparent to the throne and then hunted and haunted and hounded and harassed and hassled by Saul until finally he became king. And in David's view, after summarizing or as he summarizes his experiences, as he wraps it all up and reflects upon the way God has led him, he is thankful. And his thanksgiving is more for that of this great God who is judged than any other picture he has of him. He sees him as a good judge. He's thankful that he is a righteous judge and that he is a kind, compassionate, considerate judge. Not like some and too many of the judges in our society today. Now, there are in our world some wonderful judges, but there are far too many judges that we have seen, influenced by money, by graft, by greed, and even at the highest echelon in our nation, the Supreme Court, the the, the nation's highest level of judging and judgments it all depends upon which party put you in office. And there's something wrong, there, there's something wrong with, with five voting one way and four voting another way and the five who vote one way belong to one party and the four who vote the other way belong to the party whose president put them in. There's something suspicious about that, something suspicious about that. And whether it's the Supreme Court, or the federal court, or the district court, or our civic courts about us, or even those judges on TV, and you know them, don't you? (laughs) Judge Brown, the cool Judge Brown. Judge Judy, the feisty snappy judge Judy and I have to turn her off sometime or the the very smooth judge Greg Mathis and all the others you know them but when it's all said and done these human judges even when they do their best are often flawed they are flawed because they decide with inferior equipment, not God's equipment. They are flawed because they decide often with incomplete evidence. Try as they might, they can't always get the prosecution and the lawyers and the defendants to put it all on the table so they can make the right and just decision. So often they come up with renderings that are too lenient or too severe or decisions that are too mixed with their own personal biases and prejudices, but not so with God. He, David is reminding us, is an equal opportunity judge. He is an accurate decider, a fair sentencer, a just judge, a righteous jurist and not the harsh cruel finger snapping skull cracking unbending unsmiling unreasonable inflexible inconsiderate fun killing tyrant that satan tries to make him out to be he is a good god not some Fierce figure sitting atop the totem pole of universal existence, waiting to pounce down and catch people in wrong and condemning souls and sinners to hell. Rather, he's a loving father, a concerned and considerate judge, and just to make sure that he gets it right, and I like this, just to make sure he gets it right, John tells us that in the end he the father who is the great judge he the father turns over the final judgment to Jesus the son he the father never lived here he never walked in our moccasins so just to make sure the verdicts are right and nothing is overlooked he turns at last his role of judging as the Father, over to Jesus the Son, and Jesus, our elder brother, becomes our judge. And I say today, thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing our experience. And now thank you for accepting the role of judgment for us, because now we know That there's no possibility for misunderstanding. There's no evidence that's hidden. He was here. He drank our water. He slept on our beds. He ate our food. He breathed our air. He got tired. He got thirsty. He got weary. He bled. He died. He understands all of our experiences. And he is our judge. And I say, thank you, Judge Jesus. But we can be very specific about this and if we were to get specific let me thank the judge first of all for the way that first samuel 16 verse 7 describes him and you might want to read with me there first samuel chapter 16 verse 7 listen to how the bible says the judge functions 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Thank you, Judge Jesus. I am so glad that Judge Jesus does not choose us and does not rate us by our physical appearance he doesn't judge us by our accent he doesn't care whether you have a Jamaican accent or whether you come from Mexico or whether you come from Kenya or Haiti or Alabama or Mississippi or Texas or New York Jesus doesn't care. Your accent doesn't mean a thing in his judgment process. And he doesn't care what color you are. Judge Jesus does not rate us by the texture of our hair. Amen. Some folk walk around talking about good hair. All hair is good. Even if you're bald-headed, that's all right, too but all hair is good. I don't want to ever hear you say, he got good hair. (laughs) He doesn't judge us by our hair. He doesn't judge us by our height. You know what? Studies have shown that when two individuals are finally selected by their parties, and they are running for president in the final stages, usually the taller person wins. There have been studies that show the taller of the candidates usually wins, almost every time. But I'm so glad that while we may judge people in all these ways, all these physical characteristics, God doesn't care how high you have grown or how short you are. And I like the words of that sonnet that says, Were I so tall to reach the pole or grasp the ocean in my span, I'd still be measured by my soul, the mind's measure of a man. God doesn't judge us by skin or height or weight. God doesn't judge us by the keenness of your nose. When I was a little boy around Philadelphia living with my grandparents who were pastoring my granddaddy at the uh, Ebenezer Church on on Christian Street in in Philadelphia, a lady came to me, and this is true, I kid you not, she said, son, put a clothespin on your nose. (laughs) You don't want Well, it's too too silly to mention, but she said it. Put a clothespin on your nose so you can have a sharp nose. You know what? God doesn't care what your nose looks like. And I had one cousin to tell me when I went off to college, he said, now, Calvin, don't you come back here with no black, real black woman. And the funny part about it is some people still think like that, some ignorant people. God doesn't care about your skin color. He doesn't care how flat your nose is or how thick your lips are. God doesn't judge by the outward appearance. God judges from the heart. And he doesn't care how much money you got in the bank or how many children you crowd into that one room. God judges from the heart. I never knew years ago when my wife and I pastored in Detroit that the little boy, the little boy running around, little Ben running around, it didn't look like anything or anybody special. Just another poor boy with a struggling mother trying to rear him. I never knew that he'd one day grow up to be Ben Carson and charm the world with his expertise. I never knew in that same church that the little fellow who sat with his mother, his poor mother with three children, sitting there with my wife on the second row in in the City Temple Church in Detroit, sitting there that that little boy, Greg, who went to church school and whose mother struggled and sacrificed to bring him to Sabbath school. I never knew that he would one day grow up to be Judge Mathis. We had no way of knowing. And what I'm trying to say to you young people and older ones as well despise not the day of small beginnings. And remember, God doesn't look at the outside. And what he was trying to tell Samuel when Samuel was there trying to get a king that it wasn't Eliab, the tall ones. It wasn't all of the taller, more handsome brothers, but it was little David that God chose. And I'm glad that God doesn't choose by these exterior indices that we weak, feeble-minded people use, but rather the judge chooses by what's in the heart. And I say today, Thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you. But there's another way that the judge chooses. Over in the book of Mark this time. Mark chapter 12. And I want you to hear the word of God because I am thankful and I'd like to make my testimony clear today as to how it is and why it is I thank the judge mark chapter 12 41 now jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and many who were rich put in much then one poor widow came and threw in two mites which made a quadrant so he called his disciples and said unto them assuredly i say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury i am glad that the judge judge jesus Rates our actions not by consequence, but by motive. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God doesn't score us by the results of what we do. He likes good results. But his basic method of judgment concerns the motives with which we did whatever we accomplished. I'm glad about that. I'm glad because I have done some things I wish hadn't turned out like they did. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine down in Loma Linda the other day, a very erudite person, and uh, this friend of mine said, uh, I, I'm uh, taking care of my husband. My, my husband isn't well and I'm taking care of him. And I didn't mean any harm. But i said yeah i know that must be a full-time job taking care of him just came out wrong and 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 there are times when we say things we're sorry we said times we do things that don't turn out right but god doesn't judge from the results he judges from the motives he judges from the motives of the offerings we give we had a rally here the other day Some people gave $20 some people gave $40 and that's all they could do God judges from the motives and some people gave a thousand and some people gave 1200 and that that too is wonderful but what God blesses is not the result God blesses what's in the heart and what you tried to do and when God blesses the motive it gives us all a chance because sometimes even with our children I don't know about you but even with our children we say things and we do things and our motives are good but the consequence may not be so good but God understands our motives and when we have good motives and bad consequences we are still in the will of God The problem is when we have bad motives and good consequences and we think we've done something great because other people see it and other people pat us on the back and other people laud us and other people congratulate us. But God is saying, I don't give you any credit for the money you gave. I don't give you any credit for the deeds you did because your motive was selfish. You wanted praise. You wanted act accolades from the multitude you wanted to look good and you might as well have kept it to yourself because there's no blessings from god god judges from motives and not consequences and i say thank you to the judge and there's a third method of his judgment that caught my attention and i'd like to share that with you as well this is matthew chapter 25 Matthew, chapter 25, and we're going to read toward the latter part of the verse. Matthew, chapter 25, verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked. And you did not clothe me sick in prison. And you did not visit me. I am so glad that in the great judgment process, God rewards, God judges god gives out his blessings in this world and the world to come not on my demonstration or my words but on the faithfulness of my deeds on the little things that i do in fact over and over in the bible we are told that god rewards faithfulness it is the way we stick with the little things that people can't see god does not reward us by position but he awards us based upon our plugging along doing the little things that he commanded doing things when nobody can see it doing it when nobody congratulates us it's faithfulness in the little things that god Rewards. It's not the glitter and the glamour. And I say thank you. That means I don't have to be head elder. I don't have to be head deacon. I don't have to be head pastor. I don't have to be anything. What I have to be to make it with God is faithful in whatever God assigns me. Amen. And the mother... Who fights the battle by herself? The mother who is working two jobs to keep that child in church school to feed and take care of her children? The single parent who has to cook and clean at home and wash and direct the family and still be at Sabbath school on time? whose name will never be in the bulletin for having done anything great and wonderful, who won't run for office, who may never be a delegate to the constituency, who who will have no prominent place, no name and neon sign, that faithful parent is greater in the sight of God than the preacher and the teacher who up in front waving their arms and proclaiming. God says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. And God regards greatness. God regards greatness as faithfulness in the task that has been assigned. You see, we human beings get it all mixed up. We human beings like to be around celebrities, and we're all guilty. We want to be around a celebrity. Who's in town? Oh, let me get his autograph. Let me see him. And I'm proud. You know, I, yeah, I touched, I touched John F. Kennedy. Yes, I did. I shook his hand. And I've shaken hands with Mr. Reagan. And I've shaken hands with George Bush Sr. And I've written, gone down this line with you, some of you before. All these great people shook hands with Nat King Cole. I was in the right place. It was in the airport, <laughs> all right? Martin Luther King Jr., and uh, all, you know, had Cassius Clay of Muhammad Ali over to the house for dinner. Yeah, all of that. All oh, that's wonderful, but that celebrity status that is such a rage in our society is not what God judges that's not what's going to get us into the kingdom the bright lights and the big names what's going to make us have the approbation of God is being steady is being on time is fulfilling the duty God gave me. It's just grinding it out and plugging away, doing whatever I can, whatever my hands find to do, do it with all my might. And when God comes back, He's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. And I say, Thank you, Judge Jesus thank you that you're not judging us like humanity judges itself and fourth of the five elements for his judgment that i particularly appreciate today i am thankful for the thought that is encapsulated in the book of luke chapter 22 verses 31 and 32. listen to what the Bible has to say. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, and the old King James says, when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. Ellen White, in writing along this line, has this to say in Steps to Christ, page 57 and 58. The character is revealed not by occasional good deeds and occasional misdeeds, but by the tendency of the habitual words and acts. The tendency of the habitual words and acts. Now, this is what we're learning. And I say, thank you, Judge. Thank you. Thank you. God did not judge Peter. And God does not judge us on the last thing we did. He judges us by the direction of our Christian journey. I'm so glad. I say thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you. He doesn't judge us because He doesn't take our deeds and put them on a scale and say, now, let's see what you did today, what you did yesterday, you know, okay, in and out, in the river, on the bank, you know, He got it, He doesn't have it, in, out, no. God judges us by the direction. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we err. But he does not throw us out because we broke the Sabbath. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. He does not throw us out because we told a lie. We shouldn't. He does not throw us out of his will because we had lustful thoughts. We shouldn't. He does not throw us out because our diet or our dress is improper. He doesn't throw us out. He keeps us in his will, and he keeps working with us. And we are not lost because we have done some certain thing wrong now and then because God is judging us like he judged Peter. He knew that Peter was going to deny him. He knew Peter was going to deny him. And he said, look, Peter, what he was really saying in coded language, I know you're going to deny me, but you keep working on it, Peter, because I'm working on you. I'm not through with you, Peter. And when you get it right, Peter, you go back and take your renewed energy and you strengthen your brothers. And that's the way God is judging us today, not by certain deeds and acts. But by the tendency it's like the stock market you've seen that chart if it starts going down it's going the wrong way but God judges us and as long as he can see us gaining ground maybe I had to come back after A certain experience yesterday And get on my knees and say God forgive me And God is saying "All right, I forgive you And if I die that night I'm going to be saved Because even though I made some mistakes I'm on my way And that's the way it was with Noah Noah got drunk and Abraham lied And Jacob deceived And Samson married out of the truth And Peter denied him And Thomas doubted him And John Mark got cold feet and turned back But God didn't reject any of them He kept working on them. And He saved them. And He will do the same for you and for me if we'll stay in the ring, if we keep on fighting, if we don't get discouraged, and if we don't give up, he will keep us in his will and he judges us not by this little thing or that thing but he judges us by the direction and the tendency the habitual tendency of our actions and that helps me immeasurably I don't know what it does for you but it helps this poor boy immeasurably and I say thank you judge Jesus and then I thank him because of what I have read and what I treasure in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 10, which reads I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. I thank the judge today. I have gratitude and thanksgiving to the judge today because in the final analysis, we are saved not because of our works or our character, or our commandment-keeping, but we are saved because we are covered with the robe of Christ's righteousness. And I say, thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you to the judge who covers me with his righteousness so that when the Father looks down, he doesn't see me, he sees Jesus' robe covering me. He sees the perfection of Christ I understand that heaven is available to those alone who are perfect in order to make it into God's house to God's kingdom we have to be absolutely without sin without committed sin now the, the rest of this is, is just good he, he 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 understands our motives and bad consequences uh, he, he, he judges us by our tendency not little individual acts and he looks at the Inside and not the outside all that's good, but none of that is going to get us in heaven What's going to get us in heaven at last is the fact that we are perfect? God is not going to allow any bad consequences good motives people to get in the kingdom we need more than any of what we've heard so far and so the blessed righteous judge provides it with what isaiah calls his robe of righteousness and that life that jesus lived when he overcame temptation in the wilderness when he overcame temptation before the pharisees and sanhedrin when he went to calvary and they tried to break him down by talking about his mother and his parentage and the way he was born, when they assailed him and said, Physician, heal yourself. When they taunted him and tried to to embarrass and pique him to anger and revenge. When they did their best, when Satan did all he could to make him sin and he still went to his death. Never having a wrong thought or never doing a wrong deed. When he had finished his life on earth in total perfection, he does not take that perfection to glory and hide it away or polish it in some trophies in glory. Rather, he takes that righteousness and he gives it to you and to me. So that he covers us, and it's a free gift and i say as i consider that covering thank you judge jesus listen to what ellen white has to say in desire of ages page 762 but christ coming to earth as a man lived a holy life and developed a perfect character these he offers as a free gift to all who will receive him and what do you say today amen Amen. and thank you judge Jesus holiness is the gift of God through Christ those who receive the Savior become sons of God they are his spiritual children born again renewed in righteousness and true holiness 670 7-day Adventist Bible commentary 1117 Mount of Blessings page 55 through God's free gift they the Saints possess the righteousness which the law requires Christ object lessons 163 as the sinner drawn by the power of Christ approaches the cross a new heart is given him he becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus holiness finds it has nothing more to require and I say thank you Lord Jesus thank you to the judge thank you that he covers me so that this unholy flesh This body, this mind with which I was born, which has all these evil urges, this this unholy being, which means that I am a sinner even when I am not sinning, even when I'm sleeping, I am a sleeping package of sinful urges lying dormant. And I'll have those urges till I die what helps me from day to day is that i read the word of god and as i read the word of god the love of god keeps those demons down the love of god keeps them from expressing themselves in anger and and lust and retaliation but they are there and because they will be there till this mortal puts on immortality God cannot take me to his kingdom. I need more than anything else. The righteousness of Christ. The free gift. And I say thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you for his mercy. Thank you for coming into this world to experience what we experience and then for taking all of that information and all of that knowledge and utilizing it for my personal benefit that I can pass the test in judgment and when I lie down to die if I must and you know Ellen White says in another place and the Bible says it more clearly but everything living must die you hear it? everything living What? Must die. The only thing that will save you or me is the second coming of Christ in the very near future. But everything living must die. But whether it's death or the probation, the close of probation, when my case comes up, I won't judge Jesus to look with mercy upon me. I want him to render back to the Father a verdict on my case that will permit me passage from this life to the other world. And when I'm there, through the ceaseless ages of eternity, I want to have an eternal thanksgiving. I want to thank the Judge forever and ever. I want to take my crown and put it down on his feet and say, thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you that when you pronounced the sentence that I deserved and the bailiff was taking me out for the hanging, you got off the bench and took off your robe and said, wait a minute, I will hang in his place. Thank you, Judge Jesus. Thank you. Every day of my life. tongue can tell. If we had 10,000 tongues, we could not adequately praise and thank you. But today, there's one thing in particular for which we give thanks, and that is, Father, for being the great, righteous, true, honest, compassionate judge of our lives, and that we have a chance, that we have a chance, that we are not locked into an possible situation, and that there's nobody in this building who can't be saved. There's nobody in this building who has rejected the Holy Ghost, or they wouldn't be here. The reason we're here is because we want to be saved. So Lord, as we look at the Calvary's cross, as we see Jesus, the great judge, we know that obedience is necessary, but we also know you give us the power to obey but we also know that even when we obey, it's not enough. We can't obey well enough to be saved. So thank you, Judge. Thank you for all the provisions you made. Thank you for making it hard to be lost. And while I'm talking to the Father, let me finish my appeal with you. I don't know everybody here. I know some of you who are here who need to take a stand for God and... You need to make a decision right now today and say, yes, with that kind of judge, I can't lose. And if you'll just help me, I'll get rid of these cigarettes and I'll get rid of the alcohol and I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do by God's grace. Because this judge has made it possible in so many ways for me to be saved, for my soul to be redeemed. And you would like to become a full-fledged official Sabbath keeper, a member of God's Remnant Church. You would like to be a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. If that's your category, just raise your hand right where you are, and our Bible workers will take note. And they'll be around to get your name. They'll fix it up so you can study and you can be prepared to be a member a member of the Remnant, who are we'll keeping the commandments, but who understand that the commandments don't save it's the goodness of the judge the goodness of the judge are you here? you may raise your hand now
4: thank you
3: thank you thank you let me ask you another question if you were here today and you recognize that your life has not been what it should have been and you need you need all of these qualifying characteristics we've studied today. But most of all, you want to be sure you're under the robe. The robe of Christ's perfection that the Father recognizes, that Jesus sees, that is your covering. That's how he's got your back with his robe. And you want to say, brother, pastor, I do thank you. I thank him for my wife, my husband, my children, my house, my car, my job, my health. Oh, I've got a lot of things for which to thank him. But most of all, I thank him for his love and his covering. Would you like to stand where you are and see, that's me, that's me, that's me. I don't want to put any other person, any other gift ahead of this one. The road that was purchased by the blood of Jesus, whereby I am covered, whereby I am made acceptable, whereby I find potential as a member in the eternal family of God. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for life, thank you for health, thank you for the ability to be here, thank you for the season, is seated in good soil In Jesus name and for his sake we ask it
1: Church, say amen. 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 Shall we bow for our benediction? Precious God and our Father, we thank you so much for Jesus, the greatest gift that was given to this world. And Father, we are happy that we can be a part, that we can receive Him by way of your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, may we leave with the outpouring of your Holy Ghost. Father, we promise, we promise to yield to you forever and ever. Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Amen.